the end of this week's parsha, Mishpatim, the Pasuk says, Vayemer Hashem al Meshe, Hashem said to Meshe, Alei Eli Hahara, Sham. I want you to come up to the mountain, up to Har Sinai, Sham, and I want you to be there for a significant amount of time. That's how Rashi learns Vayesham. Vayesham is mashma that you're going to be there for a while. You're going to come up. It's going to be a 40-day and 40-night experience. Don't think you're coming back down so quickly. Vayesham. The Kutzker says an amazing vart in what it means, Vayesham. The Kutzker says that Vayesham is the pshat that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was telling Meshur Rabbeinu that I want you to come up to the mountain, I want you to come up to Har Sinai, but not just physically. I want you to be there when you're there. When you're on the top of the mountain, when you're on the, in, in Shamayim, when you're being Makabal the Torah, you would think that a person like Meshur Abenu would obviously be there. But the Chiddush of the Pasuk is that even a Meshur Abenu had to be reminded by the Rabbeinu Shalom that when you come up to Shamayim, it's not alone enough just to be there physically. It has to be Ve'yesham, I want you to be there with all of your Ramachivarm. I want you to be mindful of the fact that you're there. When you're there, be there. Now, Obviously, I don't know if it's so easy to say this about a Meshur Rabbeinu. I don't know if the Kutzker meant that Meshur Rabbeinu would be, you know, not totally in the zone. But there's definitely a Musr that we could take from this that it's so important for us at every moment of our life to try. It's hard. It's probably one of the hardest exercises that a human being could do. But to try to always be cognizant of where he is when he is there. If a person goes through his whole life and he's always thinking about where he was yesterday and where he's going tomorrow and what he's going to be doing in an hour from now or you know something that will be happening, happens, might be happening, anxiety about the past, anxiety about the future, instead of focusing right now, today on the here and now, if a person would go through his whole life and constantly do that, then he would never really have lived even a moment of his life. Because as the Kutzker always used to say, life is about right now. Where is life? Where is the moment that we're alive? What's the most important moment of our life? Some people would say, it's uh, the moment I was born. Some people might say, it's the moment of my bar mitzvah, the moment that I got married. The mo- No. The Kutsky used to say the most important moment of life is right this second. Right now it's uh, 9.09 a.m. on a Friday morning, Arab Parish Mishpatim. Right now, this minute of life, this second of life, is the most important second of your life. And now this second is, and now that second. Every moment, the, the, the spotlight of life is always current. It's always now. And this is not an easy thing at all. It's easy to talk about. But it's a very, very difficult thing to actually actualize because that's not the way our brains work. Our minds, the human mind is very complex and the human mind is always obsessed about yesterday and about tomorrow, but less so about now. Think about it. Whenever we're, uh, what are we thinking about so much of our time? We're thinking about 
you know, what happened, an experience that we had when we were children, or maybe in Eretz Yisrael, or this, and we're always thinking either about the past, or we're thinking about what's going to be, what career will I choose, uh, you know, what am I going to do for Shabbos, what about the storm coming, there's always something that's, that's making us distracted about something other than the current. Do you ever stop and, and pinch yourself, as it were, and say, wait a minute, forget about yesterday, forget about tomorrow, right now is what I have to be focused on. This second, am I doing right this second? Come up to the mountaintop, and be there. I want you to be there. Don't just come up because you have to be here. I want you to be there on the mountain when you're supposed to be there. And this is something that is, uh, is very critical in life, but it's, it's the most, I think, uh, the most squandered opportunity of our life is not being mindful of the fact that when we do something, we have to do it with all of ourselves. All of my body, my whole Ramach Ivarim, every organ, every, every cell has to be fully engaged in the current, in the now. Because if we're always, you know, spread out too thin and we're always scattered, our minds, we always are in a state of perpetual bahala, then we don't have a life. That's not a life. That's not what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. Hashem wants us to be on the top of the mountain, but be there. When you're there, be there. I want to share with you a few different um, applications that I think it's very important for us to uh, recognize uh, that we are deficient in, and then perhaps by shining a little bit of a light on them, maybe it'll help us going forward to try to better ourselves in this department. So the first thing that I think goes without saying that we need a lot of work in is our davening. Tefillah is something that is so important to do. Tefillah, as Chazal say, are devarim ha'imdim beruma shalaylam. These are matters that are on the, on, the, on the highest forms of the world, the highest plateaus of life is davening. There's nothing more important in our life that we should be focused on when we're doing it than davening. Maybe Tyra, but let's speak about davening for one second. Davening is such an important activity that we get to do. It's a schus to do it. And yet, what we find is that when we're davening, how much of our brain is really in the zone when we're davening. How much of our mind is really, is really focused and concentrating on, on the tefillah and how much of our brain is, is completely distracted about other things that are going on in the world. I'll give you an example of how important it is. Let's say um, sometimes they have like these cool auctions and you get to bid on having an hour or having a lunch with like a very important person. Sometimes let's say uh, Warren Buffett, you know, the greatest investor maybe in human history. You get an hour with him, okay? So the bidding goes and maybe people spend three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 for this chus to spend an hour with Warren Buffett. So you're eating lunch with Warren Buffett now, do you think you're going to be looking at your phone while you're eating? Every second is like thousands of dollars. 
You're trying to like soak up the experience, the opportunity. You want to ask him about certain investments, how he did it, what he would do. Um, and it's so important. You wouldn't be distracted. Every single second that you're sitting with him, you would be you know, completely in the zone. You're talking to Warren Buffett, for crying out loud. Wake yourself up. Even if you got no sleep at night, even if you, you, know, you had a mishmar last night, you were gonna, you're going to make sure that you're going to be there and you're going to vayesham, you'll be there totally, because how could you not? We have an opportunity every single day, three times a day at least, to interface with the Bayre Eilamim, Think about that for a second. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us an opportunity. Shachris, Mincha, Meirev, on Shabbos we get Musaf, and on Yom Kippur we even get a Ne'ilah, to speak to HaKadosh Baruch Hu directly. When you speak to a Rebbe, many of you will speak in third person. Does Rebbe want to drink? How is Rebbe feeling? Did Rebbe have a nice Shabbos? When you speak to the Rebbe Yishayim, he doesn't want you to speak in third person. Every time we make a bracha, what do we say? Belashen Neichach, Baruch Atah Hashem, blessed are you. You don't say, blessed is God. Blessed are you, God. That means that we have a, an opportunity literally to stand before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to be Aymed Lufnei HaMelech, and to praise Him, and to ask Him everything that we want, and to give Him thanksgiving for all that He's done for us. And yet we find, and it's not just us, I'll, say in, I'll, I'll, I'll show you in a second how this is an old problem, that predates us being born, we have a major problem every single time that we get to davening. And after we've woken up, we have to wake up early in the morning to get to davening. Maybe we learn before davening a little bit and then at davening. We put so much effort. We run to a mincha, a marib in the snow, in the, in the heat. And yet when we're standing by davening, we open up our siddur, we're standing Shemana Esrei, and for some odd reason we find that we cannot remain focused on the, on the worship at hand. We're supposed to be focused on telling HaKadosh Baruch Hu praises, requests, Haida, and yet, how far do we get into Shemana Esrei before all of a sudden we start thinking about everything else in the world? How far? I don't know if I get past Atta. Baruch Atta, by then I'm already like thinking about elf, other things. It's hard. It's a very big, Reb Levi the great Barditchever, used to say that when a person makes Isa Shalom, when he takes three steps back and he, uh, and he, um, and he ends Ishmael Esrei, you should really go over to him and say, Shalom Aleichem. Why? Because he's been all over the world. During that Shemana Esrei, he's been to Eretz Yisrael, he's been to Florida, he's been to Hawaii, he's been to Acapulco, he's been to the Bahamas. He's been all over because that's what happens during our Shemana Esrei. This is a few hundred years ago. So we see that it's not a simple thing to stay focused. Halavai, it should be a simple thing. It's not. There's an amazing Taisis in Baba Basra. If you want to look it up, it's Tafkuf Samachdalad Ahmed Aleph in Baba Basra. A short Taisus, he says, B'shem the Yerushalmi, in Brachus, that there was a certain Amaira that said, Machzikina Tivusa Laresha. I have to give a big Yashar Kayach to my head. Why to my head? Dechimati Lemaidim Kara Migarme. When we get to Maidim and Shman Esrei, what does your head do? It's on autopilot. 
and you bow down instinctively, right? When was the last time that you actually thought about bowing down by Maidim? You don't think about it. You're just, the, the, the neck knows automatically, instinctively, to just bow when you get to Maidim. Thank God that that happens, right? Same thing happens by Slachlanu. You know, you think you're, you're in the zone of saying, you know, forgive me, Hashem, and you're clapping al you're, you're just, uh, your body knows. As soon as you say Slachlanu, like a monkey, you start going like this. Sometimes we even do that on Shabbos, right? And then, like, you hope that nobody noticed you doing that. But that's the way we are. Our, we, we're mamish, like, trained so well to shuckle and to clap slachlanu uh, and, to, and to bow by maidim, to bend our knees by the, the right brachas. We're not thinking. I'm not speaking for everybody. Halavai, there should be uh, many people amongst us that are. But I'm, I'm talking personally. Are we really thinking about everything that we're saying in Shemana Esrei that we know exactly at every step of the way what's, uh, you know, what, what we're doing? This is from the times of the, of the Amirahim. This is not talking about, you know, current history. This is somebody in the times of the Amirahim had this problem. So if they had the problem, you know, we, we don't have to be like ashamed that we're the first people to ever have this problem. But at the same time, it's a problem. It's not something we could just like you know, say, yeah, it's not a pro- It is a problem. I was just on, uh, one day this week, maybe two days ago, I went with my son. Uh, he had off from yeshiva, so we went uh, on a trip. So, uh, you know, other fathers, I guess, take their kids to American Dream or something. I took my kid to the Ribnitzer Rebbe, to the, to the Beis Salem in Muncie. Um, and then, uh, don't worry, we had some fun times also. But uh, we went to the Ribnitzer. So I was thinking that there's about a, a great story that happened to the Ribnitzer, that the Ribnitzer was a very big tzaddik. People go to his grave and, and they get tremendous Yeshuas. If you ever, you know, want to play, you don't have to run to Israel or to Europe to, to get Yeshuas. There's much more local places to go to find tremendous Yeshuas. If you should need it, and I have personal stories uh, that I could attest to this. You dive in by the Ribnitzer for something specific and, and it happens. In any event, um, the Ribnitzer had a hakpada that he had, he daven, they made a minion for Mincha in his house, and he was makbid having only asara mispalim, meaning there has to be 10 people that didn't daven Mincha before. He didn't want people like a rive of a minion and the rest of the people just fillers that were, you know, were just answering Kedusha and being there for the minion. He wanted 10 mispalim. So one guy really wanted to be present at the, at the Ribnitzer's minion. So he snuck in and he thought, even though he had Davin Mincha already earlier, he wanted to be part of the minion. He thought, all right, whatever, the Ribnitzer won't realize. The Ribnitzer had Ruach HaKadosh, so he looked at the guy's face and he says, hey, you know, this is only for Asar Mispalim. You davened already. Please, you know, leave. We have to find, we have to make room for a tenth guy that didn't daven. So this guy was basically kicked out of the Ribnitzer's minion, but he walked out smiling so somebody said, what are you smiling? You're a tippish. Like, what, why would you smile? You just got busted by the Ribnitzer. Like, what, what, what are you doing? So he said that, did you hear what the Rebbe just told me? He said that I daven mincha already. He says, in other words, that thing that I did, that exercise that, you know, we call mincha, he looked at me and he, he actually felt that I daven the mincha. That's amazing. I didn't think I daven the mincha. I was spacing out the whole time. Because that's what we do in, in, in our davening. We're not putting all of the kaychas ha into it. We try. We're not bad people. 
we're not, you know, criminal because we're, we're trying, but for some reason, we're not mindful. We're not totally able to focus. Maybe the Itzahara puts a full car press on us. There, might, there must be some psychology behind it. But for some reason, we're able, if we're watching a movie, we're able to focus on every scene and every single line we can memorize and we can be completely consumed by that movie. But yet, when it comes to davening Shmaneser, standing before the Rabbi Nishayim, we can't? How long is Shmaneser? How long does it take us? Four minutes, maybe? So why can't we do it? The answer is that we're not mindful of what we're supposed to be doing. We're not, we're maybe on the top of the mountain, but we're not Sham. Excuse me one second. Sometimes I can't prevent things. Okay. The other thing that we have to focus on is our Tyra. Limanat Tyra is something that also is considered to be um, an experience that we're learning. When we learn Tyra, what we're doing is we are in the presence of the Shechina. We're in the presence of the Shechina. The Gemara says that how do you know that even if there's one person that's learning, that the Shechina is kinegdai, the Shechina is with us. When we're learning Torah, whether it's with a Chavrusa, whether it's in a Shir, whether it's right now, there's a Shechina kinegdai. How do you know that there's, a, that there's Shechina kinegdai? So the, the Gemara brings a Pasuk, the Gemara says, uh, the Gemara brings a Pasuk that teaches us this, that, uh, that we're supposed to be... Um, Focused and connected to the Rabbeinu Shalom when we are learning Torah, but yet we find that it's very difficult sometimes to focus on our Limanat Torah when we're when we're supposed to be learning. We don't uh, we don't focus. We're not aware of the fact that Akedas Baruch Hu is connected. That Akedas Baruch Hu is here. Akedas Baruch Hu is. So we're learning Torah. We're doing. We're going through the motions and we're putting so much of our life into it. But yet at the same time. We're not able to focus on the fact that there's a that, that we're connecting like in Tfilah, We're also focused on. We're also supposed to be focusing on on by Tyra that the Rebbeinu Shalom is with us. In the famous Ragachavar, the Ragachavar says that when I the difference between Tyra and Tfilah is that when I learn Tyra, then Hakadosh Baruch Hu is talking to me. And when I daven, I'm talking to the Rabbi Nishalim. There's a dialogue that goes on when you're learning and when you're davening, and both of them are extremely important to be able to be aware of the fact that, uh, that, that I'm, I'm relating to the Rabbi Nishalim. Another very important time that we're not mindful of is Shabbos. Shabbos, we have to have the kavanah on Shabbos that Shabbos is a very holy day. Shabbos is full of Kedusha. Shabbos is the Makar HaBracha. And you have to consider on Shabbos as if which means that no matter what we're busy with throughout the whole week, we might be making deals, 
We might be uh, about to buy a house on Erev Shabbos. We might be uh, in the middle of studying for a final. We might be uh, busy with whatever it is that we're busy with. Maybe building something or, 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 or trying to start a new business or, or having, you know, created a business already and trying to make it more successful. As soon as Shabbos comes, we're supposed to consider as if all the deals are done. All the work on my workbench is complete. Everything is done. There's nothing left to, do, to be done. And so when we're able to, uh, to put all of that out of our mind, that's when Shabbos begins. That's a real Shabbos. When we come into Shabbos, and how many of us can't do this, when we come into Shabbos and we're still thinking about um, our finals or our tests or our career or our job or our business, whatever, or politics or, or sports or all the other distractions of life, and we're not able to sit by a Shabbos davening, sit by a Shabbos table, and, and just be able to soak in the Kedusha Shabbos, then we're not experiencing Shabbos. We're on the top of the mountain. We're keeping Shabbos technically, but we're not ve'yesham. We're lacking that sham. We're lacking that ability to be there in the zone. And Shabbos is something that needs and requires mindfulness. You can't be in a, uh, in a state of Shabbos and not be mindful of the fact that you're Beveis Genazo Shalakadosh Baruch There's a great vart from Reb Gedal Yashar. He says that on the Gemara that says, Matana Taiva I have a very beautiful present to give you, and, and it's called Shabbos. So that means that it's in my treasure house, says the Gemara, and its name is Shabbos. So what does that mean? So Rabbi Gedalia says that it doesn't say that Kaddish Baruch took it out of his treasure house and gave it to Klal Yisrael. In order to get into Shabbos, you have to understand that I have to somehow take a rocket ship and transcend this world and enter HaKadosh Baruch storage house in order to be able to, to appreciate Shabbos. Shabbos, you can't just go into Shabbos and stay in this world and then and expect to have Shabbos just because you're eating Sholand. Shabbos is the shot that I'm getting into a new frame of mind. I'm mindful of the fact that this is a special day. I'm mindful this is an extremely holy day. That this is a day that I could accomplish so much. I could learn. I could get close to Rabbi I could share with my family lessons of the parasha, lessons of Amuna. I could come into Yeshiva and be able to be a part of a Chabura Kadisha, Chaver Kadisha of the Yeshiva and be able to really uplift myself and uplift the entire Yeshiva as a result of that. But it's only if you're mindful that it's Shabbos. If you're just here, technically, but you're not appreciating where you are and not catching yourself and hopping who you are, where you are, what you're doing, what your activity is, what the mission is, then it's not a Shabbos. It's a Shabbos, technically, but it's not really a Shabbos. All of the major mitzvahs need, to be, need for you to be aware of it. If you're on Purim and you're thinking about Pesach, that's not Purim. If you're on Pesach, you're thinking about the summer. That's not Pesach. You have to be in the zone every yantif, and exactly what you're experiencing has to be on the forefront of your mind because that's what life is. Life is appreciating every moment of life for what it is and not just on the special days, even on the regular days. On the ordinary days of life, what, what are you doing now? If you're going out for a walk, appreciate nature, appreciate what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has done, the fact that we could walk, that we could talk, that we could see, that we could breathe, that we could experience 
the taste of a, of, a, of a fruit, the taste of a good food. Give HaKadosh Baruch Hu brachas. These are part of life. If we don't do this, if we're always spacing out, then we're in trouble because that's not a life. Life involves being aware at every moment when we can. Again, this is not easy. And I'm the last person in the world that could preach about this because it's really hard for me. But I'm telling you that it's so important for us to try to rein our brains in. It's like take our brains by the, you know, by, by, by the bootstraps and make sure to hop, at least occasionally, what we're doing. Maybe not every minute. Maybe not every word of Shman Esrei. Maybe not every minute that we're learning. Maybe not every minute of Shabbos. But once in a while, to be able to hop what we're doing and to be mindful of where we are. Ve'yesham. And especially, perhaps, in the house. When we're home and we're with our families, our families deserve our attention. Whether we're parents, whether we're children, whether we're siblings, whether we're husbands, wives, whatever it is, they deserve our attention. And especially these days in the age of technology, where there is constantly the phone that's always chirping and, and, and tweeting and, and ringing and, and, and buzzing, and we're always checking it, and whether it's supper time or whether it's a, a time that we're learning or whether it's a time that we're supposed to be you know, schmoozing with our wives, schmoozing with our family, and we're always distracted by this phone, it's a problem. It's a big problem. I remember I once saw a, um, a cartoon like a comic strip, and it, said, it was like a husband and a wife eating together in a restaurant. And if you're ever in a restaurant, just look around the room once in a while, and you'll notice that this is prevalent. It's not like, it's not like a rarity. It's not something that you don't see. It's every single um, table, kimat. There's either one of them are looking at their phones, or both of them are looking at their phones. But they're not, people don't have the ability, unless you're like on a first date, you don't have the ability to, to connect with a person directly. Once, you know, once the ice has been broken, now you're already constantly looking under the table, over the table. And do you know what this does to relationships? So in this cartoon, it says that there was like a husband and wife sitting together and the wife says to the husband, could you at least like, like glue the phone to my forehead so at least I think that you're looking at me. At least there's like the, the hava mina that maybe you're, you're, you're making contact with me. But that's the way it is. I have a friend who's a, who's a dentist. And he tells me that, you know, somebody comes into his office. In the old days, you know, he's doing his teeth. It takes 45 minutes, and that's it. And, and you know, he basically, the, the patient is a, is a captive audience to the dentist. He says, today, as soon as I tell the patient, you know, rinse, he doesn't rinse. He takes out his phone, or she takes out her phone, and she checks emails quickly. Like, you know, while they're rinsing, they're like, quickly, they're, it's an obsession, I, I was at a barber recently, and it was a weird thing. You know, they put that smock on you, and this was like a weird smock. It was a, a black smock, and then there was like a, uh, like a see-through plastic, uh, you know, by the lap. I said, it's such an unusual smock. I asked the barber, like, what's this for? He says, because people cannot get haircuts for 10 minutes without checking their phones. So they don't want to get their phone full of hair, and I certainly don't want, you know, so basically it's somebody came up with this Einfeld, this hop that, you know, you can look at your phone under this plastic, 
while you're getting a haircut because you should be able to go 10 minutes without checking your phone. Somebody just told me this morning, there was a study that was put out that children in this day and age do not have the vocabulary of their older siblings or definitely the older generation because in the older generation, people didn't have, the parents were actually engaged in talking to a child you know, and, when, and te- teaching a child how to speak and teaching the child vocabulary and spelling. And today, parents are completely out for lunch. They might be technically with their children, but the whole time, they're mamish on their phone the whole time. They make umbrellas today that, you know, with a handle so that you don't, so that you could text while you're holding your umbrella. We've gone crazy. We've, we've gone completely berserk. The world has gone off the, off the rails. And it's, it's very, very bad. It's bad in, on, on a ruchniistical level, for sure. But even on this ability to be a human being, I remember I once was speaking to my Rashiva of Aaron Schechter about the technology. This is going back maybe 10, 15 years ago when it was just still on the cusp of technology. And this, this is sort of like when Ramatisio Salomon began his... Uh, his crusade to, to, against the internet and they made a big asifa. I don't know if, how many of you ever heard of that or whatever. There was like a very big asifa in City Field and um, thousands, tens of thousands of people came together just to try to get some you know, grip on themselves from people. Like, what do we do about the internet? And, and we need chizuk and we need uh, shmira and what do we do? And so it was a tremendous asifa. They didn't think that they would fill up the stadium. They ended up filling City Field and then Arthur Ashe Stadium, which is nearby. They filled that up also. And it was a tremendous success in a certain, in a certain way. And we took a lot of guys to yeshiva, from yeshiva there as well. We got great seats. Um, but I was asking Rav Aaron, like I was driving him somewhere, and I asked him, um, you know, what, uh, you know what, what do we do about it? You know, what, what should I tell the Talmudin? What should I tell myself? Like, what do, how do you deal with, it, with, with technology? So what he was saying is that just tell the Talmudin that you don't want to become a machine. You don't want to be a machine. If we're always on our machine, we become like robots. We become... You know, and they're working actually on technology as we speak to try to insert like chips into people. Imagine that. I, I wouldn't be shocked if someday there would be a, the ability, you know, in the not so distant future. I don't know what the Ashkafa is about this, but at least technologically, it's not, they don't say, it's not a crazy thing that you should be able to like put a hard drive in your brain and like get chas or get uh, every Wikipedia entry. You know, everyone could be like geniuses maybe someday. But that's not a human being. That's, that's just, you're just, you just became a machine. What, what, that wasn't Amelis, that wasn't Yugia, that wasn't anything special. That was just you, just, you just became a computer. He says, you want to be a human being. You want to be alive. You want to have a chios. And the more that we could detach ourselves from these technologies that are so prevalent and so overpowering, the more we can reclaim our lives. Who are we? What are we? Our parents didn't have this when they were growing up. They didn't have this constant taiva to look at a phone and look at a computer and look at a laptop and look at a, this and a text and an Apple Watch or whatever. They were able to, and I remember growing up as a child, I didn't, you know, there were other Yetzirahs, no doubt, but it was, you were able to actually come home and have cookies and milk with your mother and this and, you know, there was, it was like a normal upbringing. It was a normal life. You can go out, you could schmooze with somebody. There wasn't these constant distractions. 
And now everybody is, is, is so obsessed with technology that it's really very devastating in terms of the ability for children to get the, the proper nutrition of love and attention that they need. And, 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 and even as they grow up, and as husbands and wives need time to, to schmooze and to have, but they're always on the phone, always. And that creates a lot of shalom bias issues. And then, um, you know, just dating and, and, and everything is so affected by this. You got to be in the zone. You have to live life now and understand where you are, what you're supposed to be doing, and try to distance yourself from these distractions. And it's a difficult, it's a difficult task. It's a very, very difficult problem. Um, as far as the, uh, just to give a couple of etzes, which is difficult to do, but it's something important. Tefillah, if we could just sort of stop ourselves before we start Shemana pause for a second, literally a second, and just say to ourselves that I am Aimeid Lefneha Melech, which is actually what you have to have, the Kavana, the minimal Kavana that you have to have for Shman Esrei, and the first bracha you have to know what you're saying, but the rest of Shman Esrei, you just have to know that you're Aimeid Lefneha If I know that I'm standing before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, hopefully that will allow us to focus and concentrate our attention on the fact that we are, we have such a great opportunity to talk to God. So just stop before you do that as an introduction, before you just jump into Shemana say, wow, I'm talking to the Rabbi now. And hopefully that will be able to allow us to understand the importance of what we're doing. On Shabbos, the Ali Shur gives us an Eitzah that the first bite of challah that we take have in mind that we're doing it La'inik Shabbos. It's hard to have the entire meal, you know, but at least if we start with the first bite of challah, the first kezayis of challah that we eat Friday night, Shabbos day, Shalashudas, think about, I'm doing this for Einik Shabbos, for Kavit Shabbos. If you could do that for yourself and you could also express that to your family, that this is what we're doing, then it might bleed into the entire meal this concept, this is Shabbos, this is not a regular meal, this isn't Tuesday night. This is a meal that we're supposed to learn and we're supposed to schmooze and be, and be able to have Kedusha, sing Zmiras together, talk Tyra, this is what we're supposed to be doing. It's Shabbos and we have to hop that it's Shabbos. By Kabbalah Shabbos tonight in Mitzvah Shem, by the meal and by, the, and, and by davening tomorrow, every moment that we could hop that this is Shabbos, it's not a regular day, it's Shabbos. Put all the things out of your mind. Don't read the newspapers about the current events or about the sports or about the stock market. Don't read textbooks on Shabbos. Just focus on Devarim Shabbat Dusha. And hopefully then we'll be able to jumpstart a new existence, a new life, a life that's full of Kedusha. When we come into a house... We have a minig to kiss the mezuzah. The Rambam says that when we come into the house, he doesn't speak about kissing the mezuzah, but he does say that the mezuzah is supposed to remind ourselves that there's a God in the world, Shakai, you see the shame Shakai, there's a God in the world that's a kol yachal, and that we're supposed to wake up to the reality 
that we're not supposed to be spending our time with, with trivial pursuits. Going home is not a place of, okay, great, now I'm home, I don't have to dive, I don't have to learn, I just could, you know, plop myself down on the couch and just chill. Even in the house, we're supposed to, obviously it's important to relax, it's important to spend time communicating with our, with our, with our spouses, with our children, with our siblings, whatever, but with our parents, but we have to at the same time understand that there is, there is an Aveda on the house as well. The Rambam says, You're going to go on the normal path. You're not going to be distracted about all the things that are distracting you. I have a Talmud who was in Yeshiva. When he was in Yeshiva, he was one of the best guys in Yeshiva. A very Gishmaka guy. He learned. He dab, Everything was good. And then he got married and he, he moved out of town. And he came back to visit Yeshiva once, and he came over to me, and he, he felt very bad. He said that, I said, how's, how's life? He says, Rabbi, I have to talk to you about something. He says, I come home from work, and I'm exhausted. And it is exhausting, by all accounts. Having a you know, regular job, whether it's a 9-to-5 job, or an 8-to-7 job, or whatever it is that you're doing, you know, is extremely taxing on a person. It's very hard. And it's very tiring. It's, you know, it's... You know, to say, you know, well, go to the base manager for night sitter, go early in the morning. You know, it's easier said than done for many people, but that's what's expected. He says, I know that I should be going to night sitter. I want to go to night sitter, but every night I lie down on the couch with my phone and I start, you know, just doing what we do, I spend hours upon hours, and before you know it, I'm, I fell asleep on the couch two hours later. I want to go to night sitter, but I, I, I just... I just don't have the, the merits, the energy to do that. The mezuzah is supposed to remind us to take life seriously, to be mindful that even when we're home, we have an Aveda to do. To spend the whole night playing video games, to watch movies the whole night, to be able to, you know, to just waste time like we do on the phone. I always say the greatest Musser Safer is when the, when the iPhone gives you the weekly reminder of how many hours you spent on the phone. That's, there's no greater Musser. There shouldn't be any greater Musser Safer than that. Because you see with your own eyes how many hours you have squandered. I'm not saying that all that we do on the, on the phone is, is... Some people learn a lot on their phone. Some people listen to a lot of shirim on their phone. Some people do business on their phone. That's all fine. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the trivial stuff that we do. How many times we have to chazer over yeshiva world versus nayas matzav, yeshiva world versus nayas matzav, no, the same news stories over and over and over again in different ways, more comments, less comments. Like it's just, we, we waste so much time. You know, we claim that we don't have time for this, I don't have time to learn, I don't have time to dive, I don't have time to, you know, to spend with my parents. I don't, but we see that we do have time. The phone teaches us how much time we actually have, just we waste it. And so whatever we do, whatever, if it's learning, if it's davening, if it's Shabbos, if it's, if it's coming into the house, if it's whatever we're doing, if we just take a few moments of our time before we walk into the house to kiss the mezuzah and think what you're going to be doing when you come into the house. Before you start Shemana Esrei, stop and catch yourself and say, I want to be Ayman Lufnei HaMelech. This is what my desire is. If I space out in the middle, okay, but I'm trying. This is what I want. At least HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees that we want to be mindful. 
Everything that we do is an Aveda in life, if you think about it. We could walk, we could take a trip to the zoo and we could basically just be spending a, you know, hours and hours of time wasted or we could make it a, an experience, we could make it a religious experience, say, this is nature, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made the peacock this way and HaKadosh Baruch Hu made the lion that way and, and speak to our children, speak to our families, speak to our friends and like be Meshabeach the Rabbani That's an Avaida, that's being mindful of what we're doing. You walk down the street, you see a butterfly, you see a, a caterpillar, you see a, a bird, you see a, a, a squirrel, and you, there's musr to be taken from everything. But you have to be able to live in the moment, to cop what's going on. This is my life. I get one life to live, and I want to maximize my time every minute. I don't want to be one of these people that are living very high on the top of the mountain, but never shum. At the beginning of the parsha, and we'll end with this, there's a chiyav to when an Eved um, says, I love my master, he's been working here six years, he says, I don't want to go, I don't want to go home, I want to stay here. The Torah says you have to take a, an oar, like a, 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 um, like, a, like a nail, sort of, and you, uh, an owl, I think it's called, and you, you put it through uh, the person's ear through, into a door, and, and it's supposed to remind you that you took a Kabbalah to be the Eved of Hashem and not an Eved Lavadim. What do you mean, a Hafti Asadaini, I love my master? You're not supposed to be a slave. You're supposed to be an, uh, only an Eved Hashem. I think that's really what we're saying. The mindfulness has to be, I'm an Eved Hashem. If I could remember at all times that I'm a, I'm a slave to HaKadosh Baruch and HaKadosh Baruch alone, and that I want to dedicate as much of my mind, as much of my heart as possible to doing the Ratzon Hashem, that's what mindfulness is for a Yid. But when we start saying, I love my master, meaning you took another master for yourself. Now you're, you're worshipping your phone, you're worshipping the internet, you're worshipping uh, uh, you know, sports, you're worshipping movies, you're worshipping cult, all those things. That's not appropriate for a Yid. A Yid is only supposed to have one master. We can't be a, a slave to so many drives and to so many taivas because all of those other things are completely taking our minds away from the one overriding thrust that should be our lives, and that's Havadis Hashem. Havadis Hashem does not mean that we're, we're just, you know, we have no life. Havadis Hashem could mean we have an amazing life. It should mean that we have an amazing life. And we daven when we're supposed to be davening, and we learn when we're supposed to be learning. We're playing basketball when we're supposed to be playing basketball, and we're, we're, we're spending time with our family when we're supposed to be. But when we're doing all those activities, we understand, we have kavana, what we're doing, why we're doing it, and how we're doing it, and that should be able to make us live a life. That's life. Life is not yesterday and tomorrow. Life is this second. And the moment that we're able to hop this, and if you're able to hop this at an early age in life and work on it and try to really build yourself to, you know, to, to be able to focus on the here and on the now, you're going to live an amazing life. But you know what? If you don't, you're going to go through your whole life. You'll be 100 years old, Amir Tzashem, and you look back and say, you know what? I never lived a second of my life. I was always doing things, but never there. And if you go into a mall, there's always on the map, it says, you are here. It's like a little one of those arrows, you are here. Are we ever aware that we're here? 
we're thinking always what we're going to do, what we did, telling people about our experiences, you know, Ben Azmanim and what we're going to be doing this summer, we're doing Pesach. What about now? What about today? What about this minute? No, that, that, that's not. We're just pivoting always. We're pivoting. We're standing here now, but we're pivoting past, forward, future, but we're not ever thinking about now, and now is life. And that's the site of the Kutzker. Mindfulness is something that's very popular, by the way, nowadays. You could find a lot of material. There's even a, a, a Jewish uh, book on the matter called Mindfulness. Uh, it's in the base Medrash now. Somebody showed it to me. Wonderful book on the subject if you want to you know, really understand it on a, on a deeper level. But it's a, it's a popular subject even by Gayim because they realize that how important it is to appreciate and to be mindful every moment of what you're doing. But Allah has come of a come for a yid to be able to really have kavana of what they're doing when they're doing it changes the Avaida from being one that's completely, you know, decaffeinated with no caffeine in it, no geschmack, to making our life worth living. Not just shuckling because that's what we're supposed to be doing, but shuckling because we're totally into our davening, we're into our learning, we're living it, we're breathing it, we're feeling it, we're tasting it. As soon as we could do that, as soon as we could master that art of being mindful, the world is ours. Life is ours. We'll be able to say, this was a day. Today was a day for the books because I live today, today. Halavai, we should be zeichet to that. Everybody say have a beautiful Shabbos.